Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys, and welcome to the post-WrestleMania WrestleRant Radio for April 7, 2022. I'm Graham Giusin Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and recovering well from WrestleMania weekend as I am. Literally just got back from Dallas on Tuesday, recording this on Thursday, of course. It has been a wild week. It's crazy to think I was in Dallas literally seven days ago for all of WrestleMania alongside Alexis. We had an awesome time doing all the events. We were literally busy every single day. And for the days where we didn't have a lot planned going in, we ended up filling those days, like, with, like, last-minute things. Like, on Thursday when we got there, we got there on Wednesday, but on Thursday, didn't have a lot planned except for the MLW show. Ended up going to an autograph signing or a picture or meet-and-greet, whatever, with uh, Shelton Benjamin and Shayna Baszler. And then on Sunday, we didn't have a lot planned. Ended up having to go to a Cody Rhodes media scrum that morning before night two of WrestleMania. So it was a great time. No complaints. Dallas was great. If you're from Texas, thanks for having us. I can't wait to be back. It was a really fun time there. And um, yeah, it was just a really exhausting, busy, exciting, fun time in Texas for uh, WrestleMania 38. So again, it was so great meeting and seeing so many people for the first time. And again, in some cases, uh, both wrestlers, wrestling fans, friends of mine, stuff like that, so including people that have been on this very show before. Uh, so great to be seeing those people on, uh, you know, in person over WrestleMania weekend. But with all that being said, we have a lot to talk about here on the show today, including I'll be sharing my exclusive interview from last week that dropped on Friday, a mere week ago, with The Undertaker himself. He went into the Hall of Fame later that day um, on Friday night. We had a chance to chat with him for Bleach Report that Friday morning over video. So if you want to check out the full video of the interview, you could do so over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash WrestleRant. A lot of live reaction videos as well from that weekend, including Hall of Fame, both nights of WrestleMania, Raw, and some other stuff, so check that out. But we'll be airing that interview first, followed by the full follow-up and full analysis of WrestleMania weekend, NXT Stand and Deliver, and some other stuff. The Hall of Fame itself, uh, thoughts on Taker's induction with uh, Mr. Marceau. So I look forward to that conversation as well. Before then, though, you can check out full episodes of WrestleRant Radio Every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean. We're on Amazon Music and uh, Pandora as well. Be sure to rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode every single Thursday. Again, we got The Undertaker here on the show today. Never thought I'd be saying that sentence, but here we go. My exclusive interview with all-new WWE Hall of Fame inductee, the phenom, the dead man himself, The Undertaker. All right, what's going on, guys? Graham Gius and Matthews here with BleachReport.com. And ahead of WrestleMania weekend, we got the Hall of Fame on Friday, per usual, Friday, April 1st, live on Peacock, immediately following SmackDown. We're going to be welcoming into the hollowed halls of the WWE Hall of Fame, the one, the only, the man who needs no introduction, the Undertaker himself. Mr. Taker, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? 
doing excellent. I'm excited for WrestleMania, probably more over than anything that weekend. I'm excited for your induction. This has got to be among fans, one of the most anticipated speeches in WWE Hall of Fame history. Uh, and with that being said, I mean, have you are, I mean, we're speaking on the 16th as we speak right now, Austin 316 day, all that cool stuff. Um, have you begun the process of preparing a speech or are you just going to wing it in the moment? My original plan was to wing it. Um, fortunately, my wife talked me out of that. So you can see I'm sitting at, at my desk at the moment. I have sheets upon sheets upon sheets of notes and ideas and thoughts. And um, this, is, this has become uh, like putting a WrestleMania match together. It's, <laughs> it's, it's been a few years since I've had this, uh, this kind of uh, pressure and anxiety. Um, but uh, it is... Uh, <laughs> it is taking up most of my time to say the least. All the nuts and bolts of putting a mania match together just without the bumps. So at least that's a plus. You're not taking that, any physical bumps here. You know? <laughs> so, well, you, yeah, I mean, it is, it is April fool's day. So you never know what, you know, what Vince <laughs> may do. He may send somebody out there and give me a bump. Uh, if, especially if I go too long. Um, but uh, yeah, this, uh, you know, I'm trying to approach this speech. I want to be different. Um, you know, I want to be entertaining. I want to leave people with something. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's, um, it, it's at this moment, it is, uh, it, it's becoming very real. <laughs> I mean, kind of going off the, I think you just kind of answered my next question, but is that basically what fans can expect from the speech? Something real, something, you know, personal. And we, we've seen you kind of out of character, obviously for the better part of the past two years with the broken skull sessions. And you've done a million interviews at this point. This is nothing new that we're speaking right now, but is this going to be something real come the WWE hall of fame? Yeah, this'll, this'll be, this'll be a little different, even, mm -hmm. you know, although I've done a lot of mainstream media now and I've done the broken skull sessions, you're going to get, you're going to get what you didn't get at the retirement. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, obviously we still weren't allowed to have, you know, fans in for that. And there were a lot of people that very disappointed in the fact that I retired in an empty, you know, in an yeah. empty arena. So we're going to make up for that. And um, they're going to get a glimpse of, uh, you know, not only a retrospect of, 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 of my career and, and all of that, but, you know, they're going to get a nice, um, a, a nice look behind the curtain to who Mark Calloway is. So um, it's, uh, it, it, and, and I'm going to, like I said, I'm trying to approach this in a, in a, in a different direction. Um, so as to, you know, give, give, give people something other, something else to think about other than just me saying thank you to, all the people that I've worked with for 30 plus years. I mean, yeah. you know, I, 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 there's, there's no possible way to do that and thank everybody. So we're, we're, we're working diligently to make, uh, make this special. And it's going to be special regardless. And I mean, if that wasn't enough, obviously that's the big, oh, my microphone is still over there. Um, this is going to be the biggest part of them all, but not only that Vince McMahon, obviously the chairman himself inducting you into the WWE hall of fame, which is exciting in and of itself. Can you talk a little bit about how that process came together? If you wanted him to do it, or if he kind of requested it, we heard it on Pat McAfee show. He made the announcement there. Can you kind of talk a little bit to how that kind of came together? I've always, um, you know, from when you really, I didn't really start thinking about the Hall of Fame, um, 
are, are, are my place in the Hall of Fame. I mean, obviously you think about it like I was always there. Like I never, you know, people that Undertaker's never at the Hall of Fame. I was always there. I was just <laughs> off camera. I didn't miss one because, you know, I, I, you know, everyone that's been inducted in the Hall of Fame deserves that respect. And, and I respect all the people that, that uh, are, are there. But, um, you know, when you think about your own induction into that, you know, for me, there, there was, there was never anybody else that, that even, you know, I mean, obviously Kane would have been appropriate and, you know, there were several people, you know, that could have done it, but Vince has always been in my mind, the one, um, you know, I, I look at it like this, he brought me in, he's going to have to take me out. So, <laughs> so that's how that works. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's no one that Vince loves to, uh, there's, there's no one Vince loves to play practical jokes on more so than me. Um, so this is a little bit too, uh, of me, um, getting back at him just a little bit, because I know it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard on both of us, uh, to keep our composure. Um, but especially him <laughs> yeah. and the fact that, that, I'm responsible for, you know, possibly making him cry just warms my heart. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be special. Like you said, it falls on April fool's day too. So we might get a little bit of everything. Like you said, emotion, goofy stuff. It's going to be great. So it, there's no telling what you're going to get. And, <laughs> there, and I have no idea what, you know, I just know that I'm, I'm dealing with an evil man that, that has a lot of resources and a, and a cruel sense of humor. So you know tell them what to expect uh it's it's I'm, we're all looking forward to it and it's crazy to think now as we speak it's been two years since your last match wrestlemania 36 the boneyard match with aj it feels like it was just yesterday the pandemic kind of sped things up a little bit but it's wild um what's been your relationship like with vince over the last two years in terms of keeping in contact when the last time you guys spoke and stuff like that is he giving you the old hey pal text like can we use you for this show or stuff like that or what's that relationship been like the last two years uh, it's for the most part, it's good. And most, most of our conversations are, you know, it, it, it's on our, our friendship basis more so than, mm-hmm. um, than, than business, uh, not the, um, when was the last, I think the last business thing that, that he called me on was, uh, he wanted me to go over, <sighs> not the last Saudi show, but the one before um, he wanted me to go over there and, and do a promotion, not a match or anything. He yeah. wanted me to go over there and, and promote um, something for him. And, uh, you know, we, we had a big him haw back and forth about that, but, uh, but most of our, you know, most of our correspondence is, is, is giving each other crap and, uh, and just basically checking in and making sure everything's good in our world's. That's great. That, that's so cool to hear. And in the last two years, too, I mean, obviously so much has changed. I mean, you talked a little bit about earlier having your last match with no fans and uh, doing the Survivor Series bit 30 years today from when you, uh, re, you know, debuted, you retired on that same day at Survivor Series. Again, no fans. We're going to make up for that with the Hall of Fame. But seeing fans back now, which was inevitable, obviously, we we're always going to get fans back. We have fans back now. I'm sure you get this a million times. But do you get that itch seeing the fans back now thinking, I mean, I mean, not saying that you're considering coming out of retirement, not to suggest that, but is, is that sensation always there regardless? Is it kind of hard to turn off for wrestlers? Yeah. You know what? I'm good. I'm good in every situation. Um, but as you know, my wife just was in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And 
so I was there obviously to support her and, and we had our daughter with us, our youngest daughter. And I was good most of the day because, you know, I was, I was keeping our daughter entertained and, you know, taking her out to the ring and, uh, you know, doing things with her. Um, and then we had a, we had another friend that showed up later that, so that my daughter could actually sit out in the crowd and watch. That's awesome. And it was when, it was when I was by my, when I was by myself and now I'm, I'm inter, you know, I'm intermingling mm -hmm. with, with Vince and everything. That's when it really starts hitting me. Like, Oh man, this, you know, you, you get, I just can't help it. I get that feeling like, man, I should be here. I should be out here. You know, yeah. I, I don't know that that'll ever go away. Um, the, you know, that passion, I mean, I've spent, you know, my whole entire adult life in this business. And, um, you know, I, I always had such a, a passion for this business. It's, it's hard to um, completely sever those ties. And, um, you know, like I said, every time I think that I've, that I've come to grip and come to, you know, it's just like, I get put in a situation where I'm back there and it just feels like I should be, you know, I should be making my way to the ring, you know? <laughs> You're waiting for your music to hit any second. You're going to be number 30 in the Royal Rumble or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and you have always, you have the, the, the conspiracy theorists that still think I've got one left in me. And I don't know. They just don't, don't want to leave you alone. They just, they don't want you to rest and they just don't want you to relax and just enjoy life. You know, they always want you back. They always want you in the Rumble, but you know, that's, well, I mean, you know, I mean, I have to look at that in a sense of they, you know, they appreciate the body of work and for sure. And, and what I've done and, uh, you know, I feel very blessed and very fortunate to have stayed relevant for as long as, as I did in, in, a, in, a, in an industry where staying relevant is, is, is pretty difficult. Um, so it, it, it lets me know what I did. I did right, I guess, to a certain degree. And, um, you know, I'm just grateful that, uh, that, that people still care, you know. Yeah. People always will care, and that's why we're looking forward to this Hall of Fame induction. And as we wind down here in our final few minutes, uh, going back to the Hall of Fame stuff for a second, the video itself, i got to know, it, it's one of the best video packages I've seen WWE produce in many, many years. And there's obviously been a lot of them. I mean, the, the company produces some of the best video packages there is. Um, your Hall of Fame video, Sad But True by Metallica, a five-minute masterpiece, just perfect. Did you have any input with the music there? Because we've seen Metallica kind of been synonymous with your career before, including with the end of an era match 10 years ago. Uh, can you speak to that at all or how you, what your thoughts on it were after you saw it? No, I was blown away. I was honestly blown away by that, that whole package and, and the way they, they went from Metallica into Kid Rock and how it intertwined back and forth. It was so well done. Um, uh, actually one of our guys, Adam Panucci, who doesn't even do it anymore, came out of retirement and did that. Wow. Um, it did that package. And, uh, I mean, powerful, uh, just to, just to say the least and, and, and just kind of watch my, my whole career in a, in a five minute deal. And it was so well done that, uh, I, I was really, I was truly blown away and just like, wow. 
It's amazing. And hopefully they replay it right before your speech at the Hall of Fame. So we can all kind of relive it again. Uh, final few questions for you. In the last couple of years since you retired, has there been, and I, I'm sure this is a question you've gotten before, but any few people that you've noticed that really stand out as being, all right, this is a guy that I could see taking it to the future. I know you spoke about Omos before, kind of being a modern day Andre. I know you said that before. Mm -hmm. Anyone beyond that or including him that you really see as being the stars of the future of WWE? Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of guys that are right there on the cusp. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, um, we've, we've seen Roman now over, over the last year and a half really just turn into a completely different animal. Yep. Um, I mean, you know, he, he was doing, obviously he was doing great, but I mean, he has hit the stratosphere as far as where he's at. Um, I think, uh, you know, Seth is, is still, he's right there. I don't think he's hit his um, complete potential yet. Uh, I think he has a, so much growth left in him. I see so many um, uh, similarities between him and Edge, who, by the way, is just incredible. I mean, even after that, I mean, he is so, um, I don't know. He's so riveting now, yeah. you know, like he, he always was, but yeah, now yeah. when I watch him, it's just so good. The things that he's, that he's, that he's doing now. I mean, which is, you know, I, I hope that the guys are the young guys are just wearing him out and, and just picking his brain because mm -hmm. he's so smart to the business and how he approaches things. Um, um, uh, Obviously, uh, you know, um, I think Bianca Belair, she's only scratched the surface to what she can do. Mm -hmm. Same for, uh, for, for Rhea. Um, I, I think in the women's division, they, um, uh, they, th their futures are still ahead of them. Mm -hmm. Um, um, which, you know, in the women's division, my goodness, how good is it really? I mean, oh, there's amazing. so much, there's so much edge, uh, and to their, to the things that they do, it's, mm -hmm. it's really, really entertaining. Um, and they're doing such a, a great job, but, um, you know, yeah, there's just, a, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys that are just a piece or two away from, from, you know, hitting that next level. And, um, you know, like I said, there's, there's, there's enough old school guys there that I hope that the young guys are watching, watching what, uh, you know, watching what Roman's doing, watching what Brock is doing, watching what um, uh, Edge is doing, you know. Uh, so I, I'm anxious to see where, where, you know, where we are in another couple of years. Yeah, and hopefully in time, all these people can end up in the WWE Hall of Fame as well, much like yourself on April 1st, immediately following SmackDown, WrestleMania weekend. Very exciting. Streaming live on Peacock for everyone to enjoy. Uh, Undertaker, this has been great. Thanks so much for the time. Such an honor. This is a bucket list dream interview right now to be talking to you. So I appreciate the time here today. Well, thank you, man. It was my pleasure for sure. Thanks a lot. Best of luck and congratulations again. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. Thanks to Taker for the time, a surreal conversation. As you could probably imagine, he was on the bucket list of people I wanted to interview, but never thought I would get the chance to. And we had that chance uh, right before WrestleMania, and it was awesome. So again, check out the video in its fullest form over on WrestleRant. 
the YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash WrestleRant for the full video. And while there, check out my exclusive interview with uh, another WWE Hall of Fame inductee, not from last year, or not from this year, but last year, Eric Bischoff. And he was super cool when I met him in person again. I met him for the first time about three years ago over Double or Nothing weekend. Met him again over Mania this weekend, and he remembered the interview because we did it two weeks ago, put it up last week, and he could not have been cooler. He actually remembered the interview, followed me after that, complimented me on it, all that other stuff. He was the fucking coolest. So check out that interview as well in video form over on the YouTube channel as well. And I plan on putting up all my other interviews from WrestleMania weekend, including the MLW Media Scrum from Thursday. Um, the video I took at the William Regal meet and greet, a video of me meeting William Regal. Um, Alexis got that on camera, thanks to her. So that'll be up at some point. The video of the Cody Rhodes Media Scrum, which you've probably seen by now on other people's channels, but I haven't had a chance to put it up myself yet on my own channel. Um, that, and as well as all the other interviews I did at the WWE Media Junket on Friday morning with AJ Styles, Becky Lynch, Los Lotharios, Naomi, Imperium, Braun Breaker, among others. That was a great time. So, uh, yeah, all those videos will be up at some point. I just got to go through the footage, find the time to do it. I have a lot of shit to catch up on, so bear with me. But, uh, again, thank you guys for all your support. And now we transition into my conversation with Mr. Marceau talking all things WrestleMania Week. And, Mr. Marceau, brother, how you holding up? How you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm trying to recover. I was there, but even from someone that wasn't there watching all the shows on TV from night one, night two of WrestleMania and Raw, SmackDown, all that other stuff, how are you recovering at home? I'm doing good. I mean, they're long. You know I'm a, a, a wimp when it comes up to staying up late, but... Uh... <laughs> I'm doing pretty fine. I, I, I'm doing fine. That's good. Well, I mean, at this point, I mean, come next year, we're, we're saying it now. We already spoke about it before we hit record here over text last week. We constantly say check the archives. I'm holding you to this. You have to be at WrestleMania 39 weekend. It will not be complete without you. That's the plan. I mean, the plan's to be there. I, I'm, I already have, like I said, I already have everything booked, so I'll be there. <laughs> Perfect. And I told you, too, an advantage for someone who goes to bed on the earlier side, such as yourself, the shows will be three hours earlier due to being on the West Coast. And they always start at the same time, like at 8 p.m. Eastern regardless. So Mania itself is going to start at 5.30 and be over by like, or like eight. Or it'll be starting by 5 and it will likely be over by 9. So you could be in bed by 10, Mr. Marcel, if we drive. Perfect. Look at that. Just book it now. <laughs> I can't wait. But it was a great weekend and we'll get into pretty much all of it here, or at least... As much of it as possible. I forgot to mention NXT, Stand and Deliver. That was kind of a forgotten show on Saturday afternoon. I have yet to actually watch NXT from Tuesday of this past week. I was flying that day. But I watched everything else, um, including Dynamite Last Night, which we'll give quick thoughts on in a moment. But kind of starting chronologically here, going uh, forward, starting with the Hall of Fame. Um, the Hall of Fame I thought was great. It was probably, in my opinion, one of the better inductions and one of the better Hall of Fame specials they've done in recent years. Didn't overstay its welcome. Perfect amount of people got inducted. Um, they had Charmel for the women, uh, Shad Gaspar for the Warrior Award, Vader, Steiner Brothers, and then Undertaker as the headliner. Perfect amount of people for the Hall of Fame. No celebrities, no filler inductees. And all the speeches I thought were good to great, especially Taker's. And that five-minute standing ovation for Taker was legendary, specifically to be in attendance for. It was just something special. So um, did you catch any, if not all, of the Hall of Fame? And if so, if you did, what were your thoughts on it? That was good. Like you said, I think it was more of a, a better Hall of Fame. Like The only problem is I will say, like I felt like, especially like the Steiner brothers, I would have wanted to hear more from them. So like them barely getting any time kind of sucked. But I guess that's kind of what happens to the Hall of Fame. But 
I thought I thought everyone was good. I thought the Vader uh, Vader family was good. Undertaker obviously was great. Uh, Shad Gaspar that was good as well. So I think it was a good Hall of Fame. I just I mean I wish they gave him a little bit more time. I mean Charmel, the fact she got in, I mean it's still questioning. I'm still questioning that, but uh, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good one. Yeah, no, I thought she had a good speech. Uh, I mean, side note, but who would you have inducted instead? Because I've been trying to think about that as well. Because, I mean, how many... They, they do have a number of women that could have inducted. Like, I'm thinking, she's not a wrestler, but Cindy Lauper. Uh, I know that would have been a celebrity inductee, but it could have kind of checked both boxes there as far as a female inductee and then a celebrity inductee. Shock, she's not in. Obviously, Miss Elizabeth, but they already had Vader and Chad, so you probably don't want too many... Um, Pothamus inductees, which I understand, but I don't know why she hasn't hasn't been already inducted. Um, anyone else come to mind from the last, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years that he would have inducted instead of Charmel? Jazz, easily. Oh, I mean, Jazz. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. I would yep. put Jazz in. She was like an actual, she was a worker. Like, she was great for her time. Her matches with, like, Trish and Lita were great. I mean, she was champion for a good amount of time. Like, how isn't she in? I mean, like, I just think the Charmel one is clearly, like, that's, like, she got in because of her husband. Like, she never. She worked what one or two matches. She was a Nitro girl. She was like they had like she was like Paul Heyman as a as like <laughs> she they had like she was Paul Heyman of like as a valet. Like, yeah. She was yeah. Like Charmel was great. Like she just screamed his name. Like dude, she had uh, that great uh, program with the Boogeyman. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I just like I said, I just I don't know. To me, it just was kind of. I don't think she should have got in, but I guess I'm not the powers that. I'm not the powers that voted her in, so I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah, Jazz was there. I saw. I didn't see her at WrestleCon, but she wasn't there when I went. But she was sitting right next to her husband, Rodney Mack, and I was today years old, or at least, I mean, I found this out a couple of months ago. I didn't know they were married, Rodney Mack and Jazz. Do you know that? No, I don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, Yeah, no, Jazz should have been in yesterday. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I, I don't know if Sable's ever going in. I don't know what happened to her as far as, like, I've heard... Tori Wilson said a, a couple of years ago when she had her induction speech that she was told specifically not to mention Sable, which is weird to me considering she's Brock Lesnar's wife. That is weird. I don't know, but maybe I think there's probably some heat there. For something, I know she sued the company, but then she came back a couple of years later, so it's not like that was the last note they ended on, which is weird. But anyway, yeah, I thought the Hall of Fame was great. That Taker speech was awesome. Probably one of, if not the best of all time, so obviously a very worthy inductee there. Uh, we get to night one of WrestleMania, um, or actually, even before we get to Mania, we'll, we'll talk about this quickly. NXT Stand and Deliver from Saturday morning, really, Saturday afternoon. Um, another really good NXT show. I have yet to watch Tuesday's show. I know of a lot of what happened just through Twitter. Sounded like it was a very up-and-down show. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's weird, because they the, the weekly shows are like kind of up-and-down quality-wise, but then the specials like War Games and Vengeance Day, you know, this, they're always great. So that, that Halloween Havoc being another one, they're always very entertaining. Um, but I thought Stand and Deliver was a really solid show for the amount of people they had in the building. We actually had to be relocated, Mr. Marceau. We had tickets in like the 119 section or something, and then we got moved to like 110 because they had no one on the hard camera side. They had to move everyone to, the, to where the camera was, which was, uh, I mean, kind of to be expected, I guess, because there wasn't a lot of people in the building. But... It ended up being a very good show, very newsworthy. Uh, new tag team champions crowned before they switched back a couple of days later. Uh, for the women, anyway. For the men, MSK won the tag team titles, which we'll talk about in a second. More news on that. Cameron Grimes winning the North American Championship and a great ladder match opener. Tommaso Ciampa's final match, seemingly in NXT, a loss to Tony D'Angelo. 
Um, no new NXT champion crowned on Saturday, although Dolph did lose the championship back to Braun Breaker on Monday's Raw. Um, like I said, a very good show and a, and a very good women's match title match as well. So, uh, your overall thoughts on standing deliver from Saturday? I thought it was a good show. I actually liked that it was early. Like I didn't have anything going on. So it was kind of like the perfect timing. I just kind of like hung out and, and watched the show. And I thought and for, for what it was, it, it delivered And GSM thought I was ribbing them about the tag, t- the women's tag. Match. <laughs> yeah. Kip goes, it's not on yet. I'm like, they literally, it's literally going on as we speak. So that was funny. Um, but I thought the show, like you said, overall, everything delivered. Um, no pun intended. But uh, I think D'Angelo and Champa was good. I mean, Gunther and LA Knight was like, I thought that was like kind of like a glorified squash. I felt like they made Gunther look great in that. So that was good. The tag title match was fun. Um, the main event was great. I, I really don't know why. They're just going to take the belt off him why they did on Raw, maybe just because they knew that the night after WrestleMania they'll get more views, mm-hmm. more people on, more people can see Braun, so I guess in that aspect I kind of get it, but um, no, I thought it was a good show, I thought it was one of their better ones, and I thought it, the women's match was great as well, and no complaints, I thought it was a great overall show. I, you know, honestly, I'm the minority of people, it seems, that was fine with the title change happening on Raw, because like you said, I think more people have eyes on Raw. Um, I've seen people say, oh, you know, that's not what we came Raw to see was an NXT title match. But listen, Dolph Ziggler is a main roster guy. He can be in all NXT all he wants. And I actually have enjoyed him in NXT. But at the end of the day, he's in, he's a main roster guy. I mean, the guy was in the fucking Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, for God's sakes, on, on Friday. And I think he was in the actual match and got tossed. I remember seeing his entrance. Um, so he, he is a main roster guy at the end of the day. Braun Breaker gets that extra exposure by winning the championship on Raw. It was a good match. It was a cool moment when he won. So I have I have no issue with that at all. If Braun Breaker won it on Saturday morning, literally no one would even know. I, I don't know how many people watch the show, but WrestleMania Night 1, which was a fantastic show that night, completely overshadowed the event as it was. I literally almost got into Night 1 right now talking to you, uh, almost forgetting about Standing Deliver from earlier that day. So it was kind of an afterthought, but... You know, like you said, I actually like it during the day. The problem is that there's just so much going on to the WrestleMania weekend, and they don't really have much of a choice as far as when they can do the show. Um, because Friday is SmackDown, they have the Hall of Fame that same day now, Mania is two nights, and then Monday is Raw. So, unless they do it on a live Wednesday special, like with uh, they did with Stand and Deliver last year, when there were no fans, of course, um, or minimal amount of fans... Beyond that, I just feel like what they did was probably for the best, and uh, if the product was hotter, the attendance probably would have been better, and it's, it's just not, but I thought it was a good show, though. Um, your thoughts on the potential call-ups? We've been hearing a lot of rumors in recent days that Gunther could be called up. I hate the new music. I mean, the new music's not bad, but the fact they changed the music, I thought was so fucking dumb. And it's not even a rights thing, either, because the music he was using is like obviously an actual song, and it's in the free domain, so I just I don't understand that. Um, but he could be called up, I heard... Um, Io Shirai got pinned in the women's match. That's a possibility. LA Knight, if he does not get called up and he's not on Raw or SmackDown within the next week, I mean, I would say these people don't know what they're doing, but I think that's pretty clear more often than not. But he should be on there. Ciampa, obviously, as well. I know you were asking me if Ciampa was leaving NXT or if he was done just in NXT and then going to the main roster. That's what it felt like to me. Um, who do you think of those people I just mentioned, Escobar maybe as well, you could see being called up within the next week or two? Yeah, I mean, I think EO, definitely. I think, I mean, she's done everything. I honestly Raquel at this point. I mean, they lost the belts back on, on Tuesday, so. I mean, I, I would have Raquel come up. I mean, at this point, what else are you going to do with her down there? So I'd say those two, definitely, for the women. I mean, Gunther. I mean, he just lost the NXT Championship match, so at that point, 
I feel like that was kind of his swan song from there. So I think he should get called up. L.A. Knight, like you said, as well. So Champa, I think that was kind of a – the way that they kind of finished the show, I felt like he was – like he's going at this point. I mean, they wouldn't do that if he wasn't. So I think Champa as well. But, I mean, you can call – I mean, hopefully they called the right people and do the right thing. So I, I think those were the people I would pick out to, to call up. Of those people, who do you think goes to Raw? Who goes to SmackDown? Ooh, good question. Um, I mean, it all depends on what you have them. I mean, I think SmackDown could probably use the women more, but just I mean, I guess Charlotte's a heel, so you could either have Raquel or um, you know, come in as a baby face. I don't know. I feel like Raquel would be good as a heel on Raw, especially now that Bianca's champion. But I guess we'll see on that one. But I would say. Gunther should go to SmackDown. LNA should go to Raw. EO should go to SmackDown, and Raquel goes to Raw. Poor Dakota guy. Yeah, I mean, at this point, she's a lifer. I feel like she's <laughs> a lifer, or she's going to be future endeavored. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, they, they were, like, seemingly, she was working uh, Superstar, like, main event tapings. and like, She was, yeah. Then all of a sudden it stopped, and then we haven't seen her called up since. And when she changed her character a little bit, and now she's a babyface, and she's with Wendy Chu, and then she was with Raquel, and then she lost, and it seems like they're going back to the Wendy Chu stuff. So I, I really don't know. But I, I like Dakota a lot. I think she's kind of getting the shaft. But I also think they've also developed a lot of women's wrestlers that have been called up that are like at a higher level than she is, unfortunately, just because the way she's been booked. But. I mean, I just think EO and Raquel are bigger priorities at this point, or the chances of being a bigger star than her, unfortunately. Do you feel it would be appropriate to call her the Roderick Strong of the women's division down there? Yeah, I, there's no problem with that at all. I think that's a very... Oh, yeah, not not as an insult. Yeah, just I feel like as far as not getting called up and just being a great worker and stuff like that. Yeah, at this point, I feel like her and Roddy, like the veterans are keeping down there to work with the younger people. But, I mean, I just at that point, I feel like they don't see that future star because if they did they just call him up at this point so i think yeah. it's kind of they're basically like training down there and they're being used as like good veteran workers to help the younger talent speaking of future endeavored uh hopefully we don't get the post wrestlemania cuts as we have in recent years it was on the same day two years in a row april 15th check your phones next friday because um it, it's a, it's possible that we get it again next week on black friday hopefully not but speaking of future endeavor this didn't really have to do with that and there aren't a lot of too many details out as we speak right now, so I can't really go in-depth with it, but um, it was reported by Sean Rossap of Fightful yesterday and later confirmed, I believe, that uh, uh, Nash Carter of MSK won half of the new NXT Tag Team Champions. He won the championship alongside Wesley at uh, Stand and Deliver on Saturday. Has been released from WWE. Now, I, I'm pretty sure I didn't watch Tuesday's show. I know he was on the show, I think, because I know they had advertised them two against... Um, Grayson Waller and Sangha, I think, for next week's show, for the NXT Tag Team titles. The, so basically the basis, from what I understand right now, there has been allegations from Impact Wrestling star Kimberly. She used to be in WWE several years ago. I don't know. I think they're still currently technically married uh, from the wife of West. This is a whole mess of a situation, but the, <laughs> the wife of Wesley had gone on, on Twitter. I didn't know it was her until this morning. I read the tweet yesterday. I didn't, I thought it was a fan, but I guess it was Wesley's wife, the partner of Nash Carter making mention of the fact that he actually served his divorce papers to Kimberly the other day on Monday, I think. And this was like her response of like posting pictures of her being abused, obviously very serious allegations. 
Um, there's a lot of people not believing her or thinking it's something else. I can't say one way or the other because we don't know yet. We haven't really heard. Not, we, not that we need to hear his side of the story, but we need a bit more than that, uh, I think, to go off of. But the fact of the matter is that, is that he's been released. He's gone from WWE. Um, and another thing obviously worth noting, and I think even more so, which I think according to Meltzer is really the reason why they fired him, was that photo that was surfacing uh, the other day of him with like the Hitler stash and doing the pose and everything. Not a good look. Um, I, I, I would assume it was he was just joking around, but regardless, it was a really dumb thing to either do or for her to post. I don't know if it was with the intention of getting him fired. I, I really don't know. Uh, but I want to get your two cents in the whole situation and how you think it's going to be handled. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a shit show if you ask me, to be honest. But, yep. uh, I mean, it just seems like coincidentally when that... seems like seemingly when she got filed the papers, if that's... If that's what really happened, that's when all the stuff came out. I mean, it seems like a kind of a smear campaign on her end. But, I mean, if their abuse was going on, I mean, that should obviously be reported as well. So, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough situation. I mean, I the the one the picture of him, the picture she posted of him, that was just like, let's, like, legitimately just trying to get the guy fired at that point. Like, yeah, is that, like, a good thing to do? No, but, like, that was clearly, like, a private picture that she had of him. I mean, mm-hmm. I just feel like that's, like, someone that's, like, mad, so they're just going to post to try to get you in trouble. So, that's kind of a shitty move. I mean, if he's abusing her, then guy deserved to get fired. But yeah. post stuff that she posted, like I said, like, the pictures and stuff, that's just, like, trying to pour gasoline on the fire at that point. It's like, oh, you guys don't believe me about this uh, domestic domestic abuse, like, claim? Okay, well, he, he imitated a Nazi one time. Like, uh, <laughs> it just seems like something that, like, a petty girlfriend would do. So, like... If he's abusing her, he should be fired. If not, and this is what she's posting, I mean, she's kind of in the wrong at that end. So I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, I, I'm assuming they're going to take the obviously have to take the belts off them and and just see what happens next. But I mean, usually if they fire you, they don't really kind of hire you right back. So. I'm interested to see what they do with him. Yeah, I don't know. Their investigation process is interesting because they're having people that have been, you know, like the whole Enzo thing. I'm not Enzo's biggest fan at all, but he was involved in that whole allegation of, I think, the rape thing several years ago. And I think it later came out that it was that he was innocent. And, I mean, he wasn't hired back. So, I mean, not that they have to hire him back. I mean, they could fire anyone for any reason at any time. That's just, that's like written in the contracts. They could really do whatever the fuck they want. Um, they could have hired him just because, or they could have fired him just because they didn't think he was any good. But I don't know. I, I would hope it's investigated. There's been a lot of this sort of stuff over the years, especially with the speaking out stuff, which a lot of it turned out to be true. Um, like the whole dream thing, the whole Velveteen dream thing, it was pretty, it seemed pretty likely that he was actually guilty of what he was accused of. But then he went on record saying that he wasn't. It's, it's just a whole messy situation. So hopefully it's fully, thoroughly investigated and they can kind of figure it out. But the fact of the matter is that he's gone currently from WWE. We'll see how they uh, handle it next week on TV. And I think the biggest part about it that really sucks is that his partner is kind of in a lurch right now. Um, there was another rascal. They were known as the Rascals in Impact. There is another one named Trey Miguel, and he's great. He's currently in Impact as their X-Division champion, so it's not like they can hire him and put him in the tag team instead. But I don't know. I, I assume they'll probably have him find another partner for right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's very talented, so hopefully he'll be okay. But let's get into WrestleMania Night 1, and some we don't have to go in-depth analysis of every single match, but you know, you and I said it before we hit record here, and I think a lot of people would agree, and I think a lot of people did agree, Night 1 was superior to Night 2. Not to say Night 2 was bad by any means, but Night 1 was just... It, night 1 in a bottle, I think, was one of the best WrestleManias they have done. I don't know about ever. Um, that might be a stretch. I don't want to 
you know, exaggerate here, but definitely of the last 10 years. I mean, you and I, you helped me put together that ranking of like the top 10 WrestleManias. I got your two cents on it a couple of weeks ago. And I think this would absolutely be near the top, if not at number one. WrestleMania 31 still holds a very special place in my heart. I wasn't there, but I love that show. Um, this would come close, dude. I mean, this really started out as a good show. Turned out to be an amazing show by the end. Like, it gradually built, and there wasn't really anything bad. Aside from maybe Charlotte and Ronda, which was uh, underwhelming a bit from an in-ring standpoint, despite being a good match. But um, before we get into the nitty-gritty nitty of it, the, the specifics of Night 1, your overall impressions of Night 1 of WrestleMania 38. I loved it. I thought it was a great show. I thought, like you said, it built perfectly. It started with a tag match, led into another like undermatch that we probably didn't have a lot of of uh, expectations. I thought it delivered, and then we got a celebrity, and then we had the big matches that we were all waiting for, and I felt like they all delivered. So I, I thought night one was booked correctly, paced correctly, formatted correctly, whatever you want to say. I thought everything kind of kind of hit the checked all the boxes, and it just didn't drag. I felt like. Night two, it felt like it kind of dragged on a little bit more, but night one, I felt like it flowed perfectly. Yeah, at a fantastic pace. I mean, they got all the kind of throwaway undercard matches out of the way real early, which was uh, a pleasant surprise. Um, you know, the Usos, Nakamura, and Boogs had a good little match. Uh, Boogs getting legitimately hurt was a shame. Um, hopefully, he'll be good. I don't know. If they Do you think they changed the finish, or do you think the Usos were always supposed to win? That was kind of my thing. I feel like... I feel like even if Boogs was hurt, they would still put the belts on them because that was the original plan. I feel like the change plans in the middle of it would have been... Because they don't know how serious he's hurt, so that's why I'm a bit skeptical. Yeah, I mean, the way it, the way it looked, though, that they were kind of changing the finish or like maybe rushing to the finish after he got hurt. It seemed yeah. like uh, one of the Usos was like kind of laying next to Shinsuke and then the ref was talking to the other Uso brother. And then from there, like they just like set up a move or two, hit the 3D or one day or whatever the fuck they call it, and then ball game at that point so i mean they i think they improvised well i thought it was a good match for what it was leading into to the injury but i mean it was a nice seven minute match didn't drag and i thought i mean i think we also did knock more and rick boobs would win but uh they were still retained there yeah no definitely i thought they did a good job it was a good opener and uh i was fond of them retaining i, I would have been fine with knock and boobs probably winning as well but you know, I thought it was a good opener. McIntyre and Corbin thoroughly exceeded my expectations. They only got about eight minutes, probably as long as it should have been. Um, if you've seen one match with these two, you've seen them all for the most part. As far as, like, they've had a lot of matches on TV in recent years. They've all been pretty much the same thing. This was the best of the bunch, though. I thought they did a great job, and they did the spot. They had McIntyre kick out of the end of days in this match. I don't know if we discussed it with Tommy last week. I don't think we did, but I saw a lot of people mentioning it on Twitter in recent weeks that this would be the time to do it, and they actually did it. And it's not like Corbin's going to be this undefeated... I mean, he is undefeated, or he was undefeated going into this match. It's not like he's going to win the world championship and you're going to have someone kick out of it when it really means something. He's not going to get at that level, so you might as well just do it now at WrestleMania with someone that he's been feuding with for months. With someone like McIntyre, too, who it makes sense for him to kick out of it. I enjoyed the match. The outcome was what it was, it was, was what it was supposed to be, and uh, this was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I thought this was a good match. Like you said, I, I, I love that he popped out of the... Uh, the end of days, I mean, if anyone was going to do it, I, I mean, it made sense for Drew. I mean, he's basically the star, so uh, made sense. Um, thought it was a good little match that went over a little bit more than eight minutes. Felt like everything got in that it needed to be. Didn't overstay its welcome. Um, and, and, and Drew won, and then we got him cutting the, uh, the, the ropes up with the sword after, so kind of love that. Yeah, no, I, don't, I, I wasn't paying attention to how they fixed that. Obviously, they put new ropes in, like, must have been during a commercial or something. I wasn't watching, but, yeah, that was, uh... You notice that we only cut two of the three ropes? You didn't cut the bottom rope? It bounced right off? 
I didn't. I, I, I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. Um, so that was very good. The Miz and Logan Paul match against the Mysterios also turned out to be a lot of fun. Logan Paul's a natural, and I figured he would do well because he has a boxing background. I'm still not the biggest Logan Paul fan. I'm not going to go buy fucking Paul, the Paul Brothers Mavericks merch, but you know, I thought he did a great job in there as a heel. I, I don't know why by the end of it. I mean, they, they won, which was okay, but then they had Miz turn on him, and reportedly, I don't know where I saw this, but... Logan Paul had it in his contract that he would turn babyface. I don't know. I mean, I assume there's going to be follow-up. Um, maybe they do a match at SummerSlam with those two. I don't know why the fuck you would turn Logan Paul babyface. I mean, that's not going to work. Um, and he was a complete asshole during the match. So if you were going to turn him face, then why would you have him do what he did to the whole Eddie Guerrero stuff, like the Three Amigos and whatever? Regardless, this was a really fun match, and uh, the turn afterwards was a pleasant surprise. We'll see where it goes, but... Again, Logan Paul did great. One of the better celebrity performances I've seen in WrestleMania history. Yeah, I thought this was good. and It was exactly what it needed to be. I thought Logan Paul looked good. The Mysterios worked a well match, and The Miz was there as well. So I thought it was a thumbs-up performance for me. And, uh, I mean, I, I assume him and Miz, like you said, will probably meet again. Probably, I would say SummerSlam probably would make the most sense. Um, but, no, I thought it was a good match. And, I, like you said, I, I don't know what turning – I feel like people were more excited that he got – attacked by the Miz than, than them cheering for him so I'm not sure, exactly sure like like you said they're like oh I'm turning him face like eh I think he's still kind of a heel because people just don't like him so yeah. but uh, yeah I mean I think that's probably the direction that they'd go in yeah I would think so and like you said SummerSlam probably makes the most sense but uh, yeah again if they use him again that's fine I just don't know why they would use him as a, as a baby face I, mean, I don't know if that's just short sighted on his part or the company's part I don't know but um, either way, I'm sure there will be follow-up at some point. My favorite match of the weekend, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Raw Women's Championship. We talked about how the build wasn't as hot as it could have been. It was still a very good build. Could have been better. Doesn't matter. Bell time comes. They went in there and fucking killed it. This was the match that everyone wanted months ago. I'm glad they didn't have this match at SummerSlam because there was no build even at that point. That had the opposite issue. That had no build. And you know, I, I was fine with the end result of Becky becoming champion. I still say to this day, the way that they executed it just was stupid because Bianca looked like a fucking idiot for falling for the handshake. And it wasn't like Becky like cheated overly, like she just slapped her. I always, I still say that was dumb. It didn't ruin Bianca though. I never said she was buried. A lot of people did. Um, I figured, you know, if they went, like, listen, check the archives. I, we never, I don't think you said that either. I, I know a few other, I think Alexis was one of them, but there were a couple of people that said, <laughs> you know, she's dead and buried. And I figured, listen, if they can follow this up and hopefully give her the belt back at some point, she'll be fine. I didn't think they would wait until WrestleMania to do it. After she lost on that Raw that you went to a couple of months ago, I figured that was it. They were wise enough to go back to it, and I'm very happy they did. Bianca's a fucking star. That entrance was great. Becky's entrance was, uh, Becky's entrance was great. And the match itself was, honestly, one of the best women's matches I've ever seen at WrestleMania. I, I don't know if that's a stretch or not, but you know, there's a couple of matches I'd put on that list, all specifically from recent years. Um, I don't know if this would be number one. I would really have to think about it, but it would be in the top three for sure. I thought this was just outstanding stuff, and Bianca finally hitting the KOD on Becky, finally ending her near three-year reign as champion, so to speak, was just awesome. I, I really loved every moment of this, and I thought it was just awesome. If they, if they put this in the main event, I don't think anyone would have complained. No, this was an amazing match. Probably my match of the weekend, I thought. It was a great match. Like you said, they both came out. Becky came out looking like a fucking star, as always. I mean... The whole Marvel thing at the beginning with just all the highlights being her and then her coming out on the Escalade and Bianca coming out with the big entrance and just felt like a big fight feel. 
I mean, they worked a great match, like you said, bell the bell. Brianca finally hitting the KOD, which I think uh, it was probably one of the better KODs I've ever seen her hit. Oh, yeah. Becky sold like a champ, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, like I said, my match the weekend. I thought it was a great match. And, I mean, WrestleMania, I would say it's probably the best women's match in WrestleMania history. Ah, just just great stuff. I really enjoy this. And I liked Bianca and Sasha a lot last year, too. I thought that was an excellent match. I think this was better, to be honest with you. And this wasn't the main event. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed this match. And I think Bianca winning was the right call. I know we were talking last week. What about Becky winning? Blah, blah, blah. They had to have Bianca win here. I'm glad they resisted that urge to have Becky win. And, and they did. So I thought it was an awesome match. Where do we go from here? Uh, there was no one interrupting Bianca on Raw the next night. I, I'm thinking, I said this on hashtag, but I would love to see Asuka be... Bianca's first real opponent. Not have her beat Bianca, obviously, but that's a fresh match, a fresh feud. Asuka hasn't been around in a while. That would make sense to me. Alexa Bliss, I don't love the whole character she's doing now, but again, that would be a fresh feud at least, and Alexa Bliss can eat the loss. Um, I would not rush into her and Rhea. I would not do her and Becky again at Backlash. If anything, I would save that last match for like SummerSlam or something personally. I mean, I guess they could do it at Backlash, and they probably will, but... I want to see them move away from it for a little while because I don't want Becky to beat her for the belt again. I want Bianca to be champion for a little while now. Um, but yeah, where where do we go from here with both Bianca and Becky for that matter? Yeah, I mean, Bianca, I feel like now they, they should just move away from it. Like, I, don't, I don't think I want a, a rematch immediately. Um, but, uh, I mean, Oscar or Bliss would be a perfect the first opponent for her like, so they both can lose. So that's not a big deal. Becky, I mean, I, I honestly don't really know what you do with her right away i mean maybe do oscar you could i mean maybe you could do her and oscar i mean she could be like i gave you the bell when she left yeah i mean I'm trying to think of other things you could do with her in the interim i really don't know because it's like ria's ria's seemingly gonna turn on seems like she's gonna turn on live eventually so it'll be them i mean queen Zelina, you do that no i mean yeah not carmella either yeah yeah, I don't really know what you do with her in the interim. So, I mean, I'm interested to see what they do with Becky. I feel like her path's kind of more trafficy than than Bianca. I feel like Bianca's a champion. You can basically book anyone. Just now with Becky, it's like she just lost, and now what do you do? You got to keep her strong if you're going to do her and, her and uh, Bianca down the line somewhere. So, yeah, I, don't, I really don't know. I, I can't really say what you what you would do with 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 Becky, but I mean, Bliss or Oscar would make sense for for Bianca. Yeah, they don't have a lot of good heel challengers right now. And anyone, all the heels that they have in that Raw Women's Division right now, she's beaten before. Like, Tamina would be terrible. Um, you know, Carmella, Zelina, she's beaten multiple times, especially on SmackDown. I felt like we were getting those matches every fucking week last summer. Um, I really don't care to see. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they'll go back to this, but I really don't want to see that. Um, her and Dewdrop, we've seen a million times. They work wonderfully together, but we already saw that match a lot in the last couple of months, so I, I don't think that would work. And then... Don't get me started on Nikki Ash. She's just awful. So I don't want to see that either. But I think Asuka would be a good... I think her would be a good choice. So we'll see where they go with it. Um, then we got even better from there. I mean, again, I'm thinking we're going to get some filler or the New Day match, which they ended up cutting for night two. Whatever. We'll get to that in a little bit. But on night one, we had Rollins' open challenge. Accepted by none other than the American Nightmare himself, Cody Rhodes, coming in. Perfect. Picture-perfect presentation from his time in AEW. The dumb elevator entrance and all, which I I hated in AEW, because at least in AEW, like in WWE, if they do it, I don't know if they'll do it forever, or if they're just doing it for now. If they they don't do it in WWE, I'm I'm okay with it, honestly, but the issue with it in AEW is that they have heel and babyface tunnels there, so for him to come through the the center all the time, like he's fucking Triple H, who he admitted in multiple interviews over the weekend, 
Um, I always just thought was silly, but um, you know, for for WrestleMania, it looked great. Got the pyro, the music, obviously. The intro itself, wrestling has more than one royal family. They got that, too. I didn't think they would, honestly. I thought there was a pretty good chance they would get the music. I didn't think they would use the intro. Fuck, dude, they used that, too. So, I, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was a, again, prime presentation of Cody Rhodes. The match itself with Rollins was excellent. They had a really, really good match. It went 20 minutes. It didn't feel like it at all. And Cody Rhodes won in the end with, like, 20 crossroads. It probably should have been one. I wasn't a fan of Rollins kicking out of the crossroads. They're killing his finish on day one. But other than that, I thought this was perfect. Rollins played his role great. Really good match. And Cody Rhodes already, one night in, feels like a megastar in WWE. So I'm curious what your two cents are uh, coming off the return of Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. Yeah, I thought they did everything perfectly. I mean, having his entrance, the wrestling only has one royal family that fucking popped the crowd. The music came out as just by himself. We didn't have Brandy or his whole entourage come out, so I feel like he kind of popped him as a star. Um, I mean, I think we all knew it was gonna be him, so like it still was huge. Though. Like he could have came out to some generic ass music and been like, "The fuck's going on?" But him coming out as American Nightmare, I mean, that just made sense. I mean, you'd be an idiot if you didn't do that. So glad they did the right thing there, and I thought the match itself was really good. I think on a, as a standalone match, it was great. I think the one thing that it wasn't with that Bianca and Becky was it just didn't have a, like, there was no, like, real story. Like, Bianca and Becky had a long story, so I think mm-hmm. that kind of contributed to the match. I think, like you said, Rollins and Cody was a great match itself, but just didn't have a story. But, like you said, he also did hit him with, like, 17 crossroads. So, he probably could have hit him with one and then done the the, the dusty finish. But uh, it, it was fine regardless. Cody came off as a star, so that's that's all they really wanted. Yeah, I know what was great. I mean, we've talked for months, dude, that by the end there in AEW, he was the worst part of the show. And I don't think it's a case of where, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, listen, I've always I've always loved, I really have always loved Cody, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you he was terrible in AEW, he's going to be so much better in WWE. I, I think his AEW run was very good on the whole. The issue there towards the end, and I've said this a million times on Hashtag, I'm, I'm sure we've talked about it before ourselves, I think the biggest issue with Cody in AEW was giving him too much creative control. That whole world title clause thing was terrible. Um, I understand he said at the press conference thing that we went to that he did that because he didn't want people to hate him if you put the championship on himself. And ended up hating him anyway because it made no sense for him not to go for the world championship. The thing is, is like when I hear him say that, I'm thinking, okay, but Kenny Omega's an EVP too, and he was champion for a fucking year. No one said really anything about that. So I know people just don't like Cody for different reasons, and I get it. You know, some of his promos towards the end there were just, like, not good at all. As far as the delivery was great, but the stuff he was saying was just, like, that last promo on Dynamite that he cut about, like, oh, the Terry Taylor arm drag class, like, it was just stupid. Like, I I wanted to ask him when I saw him, like, I'm curious, like, did you know at that point you would be going to WWE? Because why would you be saying that whole, like, oh, they're from developmental, but we signed them here in AEW anyway. That made no fucking sense. Um, But now he's back in WWE, and at some point, will Babyface Cody get old? Maybe. But I think for now, it's something fresh. He's got a fresh coat of paint, some fresh scenery, a nice change of scenery. And uh, he, he feels like a star at a time where they need stars, dude. They need stars. Um, it was no coincidence they put him in the Raw Dark match the next night against Kevin Owens. He, he is already, you can make an argument, he's the top Babyface on Raw. He absolutely is. I mean, they have Drew over on SmackDown, who they need to kind of scale back up the card as well. Bobby Lashley's a babyface now. They have AJ Styles, but Cody feels like the most special of them all. And I think if they can maintain this momentum, 
Again, we we talked. We literally said a week ago, dude. And I don't think it, we, we were exaggerating when we said there's no way he's beating Roman Reigns for the championships. I don't even think about it. We weren't wrong to say that because they didn't really feel like they would do that, and there's still a great chance they won't. But based off the promo he cut on Raw, I honestly believe there's a good chance he could become world champ, and he, I honestly feel like he should be the one to beat Roman. That would have sounded ridiculous, and it did sound ridiculous a week ago. But that was before I saw them present them the way that present him the way that they did on Raw and at WrestleMania. I honestly, truly can tell you right now, as of April 7, 2022, that he should be the one to beat Roman Reigns for the undisputed title, universal title, whatever. Because I'm not really sure what other options you have beyond Drew, and I don't really love that idea. Yeah, I mean, anything's possible. I mean, I think the way that they showed him on Raw, I think definitely would make me feel better about him beating uh, Roman. I mean, obviously before, I was just like very skeptical on how they were going to bring him in. Me too. Seeing how he was brought in, I think it makes heat. I mean, it's not him. It's like, who, fucking Drew? I mean, eh. I mean, at this point, you might as well just go all the way with Cody, I would say. Unless Braun's ready by WrestleMania 39. Yeah, I mean, you could do that as well, but eh. eh. That might be a little too soon. And the fact that we might get the Rock match, which I'm sure is still up in the air at this point. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree as well. I think that's uh, that's probably still in the works. Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, good match. Shocking finish. Charlotte retaining the championship. Um, definitely not a great match. The crowd was kind of indifferent towards it. Your thoughts on this one? That was a fine match. I thought for what the story that was there, I mean, hasn't been the most exciting thing that they've done, but I think for what the story's been and kind of how they booked it, I thought it was better than, it, than I thought it was going to be. So I, I, I was fine with it. I thought, it, like I said, I thought it was better than I expected it was going to be. So... No real complaints on my end. I thought it was a fine match. I think Becky and, 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 and Bianca probably should have been over this one. I mean, I understand she won the Royal Rumble. She's a bigger star, but the story really was never there. It seemed extremely forced, and it was, and he, that's what kind of the match he got. I mean, the crowd was was into it for what they were into it for, but I, th- I think they should have gave Becky and uh, and Bianca the spotlight there because I think they were had the better program going in. Yeah, no, I mean, the the feud was what it was, but, uh, you know, I assume it continues, right? Do you need to do a rematch at Backlash, and it's where Ronda wins? I'm just kind of curious where they go from here. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I I was honestly shocked that she lost, so... Me I too. I guess we'll wait and see, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I was honestly pretty shocked she lost, so I, we'll see where they go next, but... I don't know, maybe they don't put the belt on her, or maybe she's not in it for the long run, I, I really don't know, so... I was very, very shocked that she lost. But, I mean, they also did, basically, she didn't lose clean. Like, she technically tapped her out, and then I was just shenanigans, and she won. So, they're, they're clearly sitting up for something down the line. I just, I guess I don't know when it's going to be. Yeah, there's a lot of different options as far as where they can go. Um, I would like to see Ronda as champion. Charlotte's time as champion, to me, has just been kind of, you know, kind of dull for the most part. So, I'd rather see them put the belt on Ronda, but... I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out as we go along, I guess. As we wind down here, Stone Cold Steve Austin beating Kevin Owens. That's something I never thought I would say. In the main event of WrestleMania, no-holds-barred match. This was a fucking blast, and this was an actual match. Like, it wasn't, like, two seconds. I mean, this was a very pleasant surprise. I, I love the hell out of this. Yeah, I thought this was good. I mean, I think we all knew what direction it was probably going in, and that's kind of where it went. So, I thought it was a fun match. I thought Owens was great. I mean, Stone Cold's always going to get the pop. I mean... It's fucking Stone Cold, so he was great as well. So I, I had no complaints with this ending the show, and like I said, I th- think like they had the little segment, and then you got this nostalgia with Stone Cold. I mean, obviously it wasn't a fucking five star classic, but I, I thought it was exactly what it needed to be. So 
I think night one was finished perfectly and started good as well. So I would say bravo to them because I thought they booked everything booked everything good. Yeah, I was skeptical that they would put uh you know the the, the Stone Cold KO stuff at the end there, but they made the right choice in having that close because if they had Charlotte and Ronda close after Steve Austin return of the ring, that would have been disastrous. So they closed out the night on the highest note possible, and it made for a fantastic first night of Mania. Now I only got a couple of minutes with you, so we won't go in depth here. But your overall impressions of night two of WrestleMania from what uh from what happened because it was all over the place. It was a good show, but it was definitely all over the place. That was a fine show, like I said. I think it just felt like there was a lot more filler in night two. Like I thought the opener was great. I mean, RK Bro versus Street Profits and, and Alpha Academy was a great match. Um, but I think that kind of like maybe set us up too good. Like it was a great start. Like a great start. Like I think Usos and Boots was like a good little start. You know, you're kind of getting into the mood. But like RK Bro and that was such a great match. And then we walked right into Lashley and Omos, which was kind of a snooze fest. That's what I thought. I mean, it's fine, but it's not like Omos is like anything great. So it's like he did a lot of like slow paced moves, like the bear hug, like just it is what it is. I mean, with a big guy like that, you're not going to get a lot out of him. I know that, but I mean, you could maybe get a little bit more though. So that was fine. And then we went right into the Knoxville Zane stuff. I know, I know you love that, but I did. I, I, I just kind of was like, Jesus Christ, but it was fine. I mean, you liked it. So I mean, there was, I saw a lot of people liked it. I just, I felt like it was. No, I can understand why you didn't, though. I I understand that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Edge and AJ match was great. I thought that was probably the match, actual match of the night. I thought it was a good wrestled match, and the story was there. And and then the Damian Priest stuff was a little weird because he kind of just came out and stared. And then we got the uh, we got the formation after that of him and him and Edge, and then we got a little bit more on Raw. So I I I I, I like that match, and I thought AJ was great, and then. Yeah, I mean, the Pat McAfee awesome theory stuff was fine. Mr. McCann versus Pat McAfee was fucking terrible. <laughs> the stunner was amazingly bad. I mean, that stunner that Vince took, or I don't even know if you can say he took it, because he literally just <laughs> fell down like a deck of cards. Or t- like, you took the bottom of a deck of cards out. Like, that was so bad, it was funny. That was Yeah, that was so bad, it was good. Yeah, so that was what it was. <laughs> I can't even stop laughing. It was so fucking bad, but... Yeah, I thought, I thought, and then Reigns and Lesnar was fine. I mean, it kind of was more of a, a finisher fest than I really wanted. I thought they would get, like, more of a match, but it was kind of just, like, suplex, suplex, Superman punch, finish. Then, I don't know. I thought it could have been better. So, I was a little disappointed in the main event. I thought it, it could have been more like WrestleMania 31, which I feel like had a better story and feel to it. I don't know. Maybe just... I don't know. I just didn't think it really built... It lived up to the billing, but, I mean, they also were, like, greatest match of all time, so... It's just not going to happen, but, but that night two was fine. I just think they had two more matches than night one, and it just seemed like it kind of dragged a little bit more, but I thought it was a fine show. Yeah, no, at least Roman won. I liked the main event. Could have been better. A lot That was kind of in the Charlotte Ronda category for me where it could have been better, but I thought it was good for what it was. Billing it, like you said, is the greatest WrestleMania match ever did not help, but... You know, I thought it was fine. Right person won. I enjoyed the Pat McAfee stuff. I love the Knoxville stuff. You mentioned that. Lashley and Omos was exactly what it needed to be. The women's tag team title match was good. Um, Edge and AJ, I enjoyed. A lot of people did not. I, I get it. I liked it personally. Um, last question for you as we wind down here. Thoughts on the new Edge heel faction? I didn't really hear a lot about this before Mania. I was kind of off Twitter, so I was pleasantly surprised to see Damian Priest out there. And I'm all in on this new Edge, Damian call our uh, you know heel faction and then calling up Ciampa to be with them and maybe put Rhea with them as well I think that's an amazing uh, faction on paper 
Yeah, I think it's good for Priest. I mean, he was fine when they called him up. I mean, not even to say fine. He was great when they called him up. He was booked right. Then they did the whole personality thing, and then it kind of went downhill since Survivor Series when we were there. And then he won the belt, and then or had the belt still, but then he kind of just like, was getting no reaction. And then, obviously, he lost the belt, and he hasn't done shit since. So, um, I think it's good for him. Like I said, if they put Rhea in it, I'd like that, or Choppa as well. So, I think it's good. I mean, Edge could could use a faction and I guess you'd kind of push him up the card somewhere. So I'm interested to see what they do there, but I thought it was a fine match. I mean, I thought it was the best match of the night too, probably. So um, I'm not sure what people didn't like about it, but I thought it was good. I love the uh, one minute and 40 second Seamus Rich Holland match. <laughs> At that point, just put on the fucking pre-show and give him some time. Like I don't need to see like all those people in the studio, like yapping away or like the people at the desk, like you're going to put that match there and give them some time. Like, yeah. A minute 40 at that point was just a waste of time. Yeah, that was a waste. I don't even know why they did. I'm, I'm glad they, they were even on the card and they weren't cut completely, but they just put it on the fucking pre-show. I don't know what, I mean, they had pre-show matches before. So, and they were, they always told me there was a part of WrestleMania. So I, I don't understand why not just doing it there and giving it more time. I think that would have been more ideal. But still, I enjoyed night two. I thought it was a great weekend overall. Uh, for everyone that was there and watching at home, I think everyone, a lot of people enjoyed it. And I think they needed this weekend. A lot of people have been down on WWE lately. So I think they needed this. And I enjoyed Raw personally. A lot of people did not, but I liked it. Uh, we don't have time today to talk about Ezekiel. We'll talk about that next week and all the other the, all the other fallout from WrestleMania on Raw and on SmackDown. Uh, we'll discuss that next week, brother. But thanks as always, Mr. Marceau. And I look forward to catching your ass in Los Angeles or start packing your bags. Sounds good, GSM. I'll talk to you. Sounds good, brother. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, bud.